This episode of Unlocked is brought to you by Chegg Study. Welcome to Unlocked. It's the world's number one Xbox show right here at IGN. It's episode 360, a number that has a, a, a fondness in, in the hearts of a lot of Xbox fans. So what special thing could we do? Well, we brought a guest. We brought someone whose uh, who's Xbox roots trace back to the 360 development-wise. Ralph Fulton, the creative director from Playground Games, going to be here talking about forza horizon 4 which is on the way in less than 30 days also plenty of xbox news happening a uh, new special edition xbox one console as well as a new special edition elite controller on the way uh, plus some interesting words from sony on cross play and whether or not we might see xbox players and playstation players ever playing together and a lot more but before we get started a quick reminder you can now catch unlocked Uh, 24 hours early, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. If you come to our website, watch the video of the show, unlocked.ign.com. It'll hit YouTube and podcast channels 24 hours after that. So come hang with us a little earlier than you would uh, if you want to get your unlocked fix right away. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my right, Tom Marks. At the end, Miranda Sanchez. All the people you know, and to my immediate left, the aforementioned Ralph Fulton. It's so great to have you here, Ralph. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. Um, yeah. We were just saying we, we get the opportunity to do this every... Uh, every two years. Pretty much on the dot. Every two years <laughs> every on the dot. years. Until the schedule changes. You know, you never know. But for now, every two years. And I, I super appreciate you coming out. Uh, going to be hopefully checking out the game at some point soon. I mean, with, in less than 30 days at the worst. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's great to have you here. And I mean, there's, there's so much I want to ask you about. So first of all, uh, on Horizon 4, this is, this is the fourth go-round for you and your team. Uh, this, Horizon is... When's the 10th anniversary of Horizon? Hmm. Is uh, it... Wait... So not for a while, I think. Really? So the, well, uh, if you're counting from the launch of the first Horizon, yeah. which came out 2012. Oh, that was 2012. Okay. So, so we're not there we yet. We've got a little bit years. of time to, yeah, <laughs> to, to plan that part. But I guess maybe the, when, when was the studio formed? That's so got to be getting close, right? We're, we're, yeah, we're closer to that. We, uh, we were formed early 2010. Okay. So, yes, that's um, coming up. So yeah, yeah I, I've been, oh, I guess, January next year. I'll, I'll be in there nine years. Wow. Uh, and then, yeah, it's the year after that, I guess, we need to start thinking about some kind of celebration <laughs> yes. because that's that's a pretty momentous yeah, um, achievement early. so horizon has uh it started excellent and has has turned i think from an excellent game into very quickly from one to two the leap to generationally amazing car game not just not not just a racing game what so how, how are you sitting now four of these games in uh how do you feel about about four? Did you accomplish everything you wanted to? You know, I guess you guys know you probably have two years on most projects. Do you are you able to sort of check everything off the list, or is there always sort of that that list of things that you got to bump to next time? Um, I I kind of wish we were that organized that we just had a <laughs> list that we were working through, but it's not. We're not. I know. Also, it's kind of not how we how the creative process works. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, to your to your earlier point, uh, yeah, I, I think we are super proud of the that tra- trajectory that you know you mentioned and that the Horizon games have described, and that this, the second one was better than the first, and the third one was was better than the second, and that's that's, that's a good direction to be going in. Um, I'll tell you a story about um, not quite this time, maybe a little bit later, two years ago, after we had we had launched uh, Forza Horizon Three, and obviously I, I did a, a ton of uh, interviews after the fact. And sure, lots of things had gone really well about um, the that's Forza Horizon it, Three. That's putting it modestly. <laughs> launch, and and I guess as a result, um, the one question that absolutely everybody asks asked me was. How are you going to top that? <laughs> I think I was one of those people that. I think you were, yeah. Um, How can you not ask that? Just like, it's so good. We like, gave what do you a, do? I think we gave Horizon 3 a 9.5, if I recall correctly. Oh, how, how are we going to top that? Um, there's not, <laughs> you got 0. 0.5 there's left not a to massive, play with. Uh, amount of headroom, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and I think the, the, the honest answer back then um, was I, I, I just didn't know. I didn't, I, I didn't know um, how we would top that. But. I had this confidence in our team that we could. And what I, I'm really excited about doing this this kind of tour that I'm on at the moment, um, which is really giving uh, a bunch of people 
the game for the first time and you know tomorrow you're going to get the chance to play yeah. the first hour a couple of hours of, of the game is I feel I feel great about where Forza Horizon 4 is in terms of quality in terms of you know what we set out to try and do and how we set out to try and move uh, the series forward with it um, and uh, already the feedback that I'm, I'm getting from this this tour is that that we have done that thing that that people asked me how we would do and I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't sure how we would do um, but um, I have you know so much belief in the, the the talent and hard work of the team back at Playground that even though we didn't really know how we were going to do it back then uh, we have done. I mean your your team to to be clear because we praise we spend uh, basically every time Horizon or you guys come up I mean the the I know I say this. It, all the time is playground are are full of wizards that's basically what <laughs> the playground is to me and i mean that i i people know i'm very sincere about that i'm not like <laughs> playing anything up um, i mean yeah we say like how can you top it and then you show us for horizon four and you're like oh okay yeah all right <laughs> i guess we'll see more <laughs> uh, there's always so something the the to give people maybe a little context can you share the background of your team and yourself like it's codemasters veterans and i think you have some do you have some bizarre creations folks from the project gotham days or it's like there's a lot of a lot of racing expertise and experience on your team is there not there there is um and that was something so we certainly played on that a lot in the early days because when you're a new studio with no track record yeah you kind of have to (laughs) you kind of have to conjure you know some uh, some track records, some experience from from somewhere, and yeah, absolutely. You know the the guys um, with whom we founded the studio right back at the start, back in two thousand and ten, as, as we were just discussing. Um, we all came from Codemasters. We'd, we'd made a bunch of uh, of games together, but I, I think the honest um, answer to your question today is that the experience and the track record of the team is in making Horizon games, and that experience is. Um, it's probably more widespread through the studio than you know any of the other sort of DNA that you, that you mentioned. Yeah. And also, it's far, far more important when it comes to thinking about, well, in this case, hey, what's Forza Horizon 4 going to be? Having people that had made 1, 2, and 3 was this enormous... Um, you know, foot up in that in that thinking process much more than oh hey you know oh I made you know a game called Grid in two thousand eight right you know, you know that's that's so far back it's kind of ancient history in a, in a ton of ways um, but certainly the breadth of experience that we've we've built over those last eight and a bit years at, at Playground is what allows us to continue on relatively short timescales um, topping ourselves. Do you I, find? <laughs> I just heard that. <laughs> do you find uh, that that because, I mean, okay, every company, every industry has turnover, but and some more than others. Do you guys have, I don't know if you can even compare it to other studios you've worked at, maybe. Uh, is there a lot of continuity on the team? Are there a lot of uh, long-term veterans at Playground that have been there for a while? Or, or do you find that you, I mean, is it still kind of the normal turnover? But I'm just kind of curious, like, yeah, how how sort of together has this team been? How long have they been together? So, and, and, and that's what I'm getting at. So yeah. there, there are um, there are so many people um, who have been here for. Well, here's how I know um, we do this thing, which is not you know unusual in the industry. But when someone's been with us for five years, we kind of do it. You know, there's a little plaque you get yeah, for five cool. years, and there's mm-hmm. you know you get a gift, and that's 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 kind of nice. Um, we have so many people with those plaques on their desks now. Mm-hmm. Right? There is such. Um, a large number of people within the team who have been here for not just a Horizon game, but for multiple Horizon games, and then there's so many that have been here, like for all of them, you know, which is uh, which is brilliant in a number of ways. Uh, I mean, just just yesterday on Twitter, um, a designer who we hired into his first his first job in the industry right back quite early in Horizon One. Um, you know, tweeted that it was his seventh anniversary in cool. the industry and at Playground, and I guess you know, working on Horizon games yeah. and that that kind of longevity and that kind of built up you know knowledge and experience and I guess to an extent muscle memory is incredibly important. You know, when we start to think about okay, what's what's the next game going to be? Where where are we in this particular aspect or this particular aspect? How can we continue to, uh, you know, to improve and innovate? Yeah. Uh, do you guys are you at the point where you effectively take bets on what the lowest review score was going to is going to be? Like, <laughs> like oh, no. maybe somebody's going to give us an, an eighty-five, um, maybe. <laughs> like, 
we we do not do that, and I hope we I hope I'm, we never I'm do. Pulling your leg, obviously, but uh, I mean, do do you pay? Are you someone that pays attention to review scores? I've, some developers I talk to do, and some don't. Uh, yeah, we we are. We we absolutely are. Yeah. Um, I guess when they're good, they're easy to pay. It's a much easier habit to be in when they uh, when they keep when they keep going up. Um, yeah, I think um, I think we live in a very different world today than maybe we did um, five years ago. Certainly ten sure. years ago, you know, when we around about the time we started Playground, there are many many more metrics by which you would judge a game's success and you know the the way games are anticipated uh, and consumed and fed back on is wildly different from how it was in the 360 generation that you mentioned earlier yeah um but i still think you know we we still make a big deal of you know giving out review codes and um you know sort of um making that process happen and I think that that kind of implies you know we still really value the feedback we get from that uh, and that therefore it's, it's of importance and I know it's of importance to our development team you know who pride themselves on um, producing really high quality stuff and, and producing higher quality work this time than they did last time sure. and that's a, as a way of measuring just how successful you've been in that regard. What, uh, what comes first with Horizon? Is it the location uh, and this this time around, it's it's the UK, it's Britain, or or are there sort of key gameplay themes that you sort of start with? I'm I'm just sort of curious where you guys tend to 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 jump off from. It's um, so there's definitely not it's not a linear thing like that. Um, people always uh, ask about location because it's the most obvious point mm. of differentiation from the last time. Like, oh hey, you're last time you were in this place, and this time you're in this place. Yeah, that's, it's really obvious. Um, that that's a that's a big thing. It's also an, a decision we have to make really, really early um, because so much comes from it. So you know, so much work cascades from from that um, that decision. So we, you know, we have to make the decision on location really early uh, in terms of the de- development cycle, so that we can get folks out um, researching, you know, sure, like in the in the field, uh, so that we can start um, thinking about the design of the world map, which will start as a two D thing. And it'll move into 3D, and we'll start building it out from there. And that process is, you know, it's difficult to shorten. So you, you told to me, that. yeah, for Horizon. I wonder if there are any stories, interesting tech stories like this for Horizon Four, because I remember you told me a story about Horizon Three, where you sent a couple of, I suppose it might have been artists, uh, to go with some crazy camera apparatus and capture the skies of Australia but, for like a some <laughs> ridiculous time lapse. And then, of course, they, then they look, looked amazing in the game. Is there Yes. Do I yeah, do I have a, that right? And is you there to, you totally have you? To, you're almost yeah. That's that's fine. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll what about for you. four? Yeah, I'll level with you. It wasn't just you. I told so. Uh, well, yeah, so, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, so, there's so, some people also heard that story, um, and uh, it was it was entirely true. It was um, the artists within our sort of lighting team who are you know quite a very a very specialized uh, sort of uh, sub team within the the huge art department we have at Playground. Um, so we've we've done the same again, which was. Um, easier in some regards because uh, we're in the UK, we're in familiar. Britain, you know. So it's familiar. It's also very, much much more local than uh, than Australia, um, and therefore <laughs> easier to you know to um, to get to. Um, but this time, obviously, a huge huge feature of uh, Forza Horizon Four is dynamic seasons. Yes, um, and That's your hook. Uh, yeah, and, w- and we made the we made the decision very early on um, that we would need to go and do the sky capture process that um, that we did on three uh, in each of the four seasons um, because the you know at the most basic level the the arc of the sun is very different season on season on season um, which affects everything about the quality of light the direction of the light the way the world looks really when that you know. Correct lighting information is just um, injected into the, the sort of physically modelled world that, that we create these days. Um, so yes, it was closer, but it was more difficult because we had to do it four different times, um, and you know one of those times was winter. So so that kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, in a, a sort of a, uh, an experience point of view from from for those people. But it, it was uh, no vacation <laughs> like it was on the Australia trip. Huh? Um, so again, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure I told you. I'm not sure how much of a vacation that was in Australia, but certainly um, being on the you know the Yorkshire moor, moors uh, in the middle of winter uh, filming the sky is. Uh, 
you, you won't find that in a brochure. So I, <laughs> uh, I have to ask you about uh, something our team saw in your Gamescom uh, behind closed doors demo. Can you tell me about this this uh, little Halo Easter egg mission that you've got and sort of how it came about. You know, I know you're going to tell me necessarily exactly. We'll let people experience it for themselves, but where did it come from? Who came to who? And and uh, yeah, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, I mean, the the sort of Halo X Forza crossover thing goes back years and years, right? Yeah. The Halo, the the Warthog first appeared. And uh, Forza Motorsport Four, I want to say, yeah, in the um, uh, you could just look at it in, in, the in Forza, Forza Vista. Vista, yeah, yeah. Which so so that you know that was the I guess the intersection point between the two franchises uh, in that regard. Um, y- you might re- remember, so we had the Warthog in three, um, and almost I think almost as a way of explaining why we've got the Halo Warthog, <laughs> uh, we 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 kind of felt that we should. You know, create some kind of experience around it in, in Forza Horizon 3. So we had the bucket list feature and we created a little sort of uh, Halo nostalgia um, bucket list experience using the, using the Warthog and a little bit of piece, a piece of music from um, Halo 4 or 5, I, I want to say. I can't yeah. remember which. And really, really, that was it. You drove the Warthog in Australia, the music played, and we were like, hey, Halo. <laughs> um, and then... so. So that was that, and there was no. I don't think there was like, oh, we we should do something more. Um, but you're you're familiar with the showcase uh, feature that we have we've had right since the start of um, the Horizon games, which kind of started off like you know back in 2011, 2012 as our take on the kind of like crazy experiences that you know Top Gear of old used to do, racing jumps. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, the, the, obviously, that sort of inspired the thought process of how could we do something similar and, and maybe a little bit outlandish and, and different. Uh, and since then, showcases have become like a signature feature of ours. You know, like the, we always do showcases. We always try and plus up the showcases. You know, in, in, in the current game from, from what we've done previously. And as a result, it gets harder and harder to think of the thing you're going to race against. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like... A uh, speeding um, train. Uh, blimp. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Like lots of hot air balloons. Uh, you know, and so, so in, in this game, I, I think we found that, you know, that ideation process more difficult than we've ever done before, which is not to say, you know, that's not a bad thing necessarily. It just makes you think further outside the box than maybe you have done yeah. previously. And one of the pitches that our design group came up uh, with, and which came from one of our, like, absolutely all-time Halo fans that we, <laughs> that we have in our design team, Mike, um, uh, was, you know, what if we were, we were racing against, like, a pelican? Uh, from Halo? And, and we were like, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but the pitch was, it's like an an, an AR experience, you know, yeah. it's, it's like sort of augmented reality. Um, and uh, we took it from there and the execution, as I think one of your colleagues saw at, at Gamescom, and as everyone I think will see, not too distant future, when we're actually going to sort of show it to everybody pre-launch, um, is, is amazing. And it, it takes very much its inspiration from a mission way back in the original um, Halo, uh, Halo game, the, the, if you remember the silent cartographer. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember that and you're, you're kind of as big a Halo fan as Mike is, which to be honest, few, few are, <laughs> um, you'll get a ton of references uh, out of it, as well as having just a really cool... Um, uh, unexpected showcase of, event as well. Sweet. So you guys start with it and, and then 343... Probably, in the spirit of keeping it in the family, says okay. Like I guess theoretically they could have they could have said no, but oh, they, <laughs> they'd have been perfectly within within the rights to, to to say no. You know, I mean, they 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 own Halo. They they are the stewards of Halo. Yeah. Um, they they were great right from the start. I think perhaps because they loved the way the Warthog looked in, in, in Forza, um, they were really forthcoming with assets. There are a ton of Halo assets outside of the, the Warthog. In this particular, it's like a four minute, five minute experience Sweet. or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they've been they've been absolutely great with it. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the Bugatti in the next Halo now. Yes, the, the crossover <laughs> the other way. <laughs> uh, now speaking of being all in the family, I. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, since I last saw you, uh, you are now officially part of Microsoft Studios. That's and right. I imagine the day-to-day probably hasn't changed a lot, but, but um, how, sort of, how did you react to that news when you heard it? How, do, how, does, how, do you kind of, uh, how are you feeling about it, and, and does it, yeah? 
Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. So, so that um, that kind of happened end of May, start of June, and you guys obviously heard about it. And yeah. um, like that really cool moment on stage when Phil announced not just us, but you know, um, a number of other sort of new additions to the family as well, which was which was great. Um, I think the answer to your first point is 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 really yeah, you're right. There hasn't been enough time since then for really. I think anyone within the studio, with the exception of you know maybe a handful of people who who uh, interact uh, more closely with you know business stuff, um, I don't think anyone will really have noticed the day to day changes or that yeah. there have been any. Um, par- partially, that's that's about the amount of time, and I think partially it's about the stage of project we've been at during that period. You know, so mm. from end of May through E three through the summer towards launch is is very much a, a, a period of very intensive sort of coordinated work within the studio just to make sure that we're hitting quality and that we're, we're closing out in the right way. Um, and I think that's probably been very like, uh, you know, previous closeouts uh, on Horizon projects uh, in that regard. Um, to, to the second part of your question, how did I feel about it? Um, I, I think certainly the leadership at the studio have felt that it's the right direction for us to be going in. It's the right, it was the right point in time for us to take uh, a relationship which we've had with Xbox almost since we started Playground Games, um, pretty much since we started Playground yeah. Games, um, and which has been, I think, hugely positive, hugely mutually beneficial, and has seen you know that, that trajectory we talked about earlier mm-hmm. in terms of the games, in terms of quality, in terms of audience as well. Um, it was the right time to take that relationship to the next level um, in order to achieve more um, even than, than we have done as an independent. Right. You, you dated for a while. It's serious relationship. Quite a long it was time, going actually. Well, yeah. so you finally got yeah. to the altar. Like what, what employee number are you at Playground, out of curiosity? Um, Do you know? I, I, so I couldn't I, – I'm – one or two, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this was probably a good deal for you then, too. <laughs> I, I don't know how that stuff works, but it can't be a bad deal for you if, if you're employee number one or two. Like I, like I say, um, <laughs> like I say, I think when we uh, when we announced it to you know to the whole of the staff, there was um, there was a spontaneous round of applause, which which kind of happened. And the context good. for that yeah. is that most of us are British, and therefore. Far too reserved to applaud spontaneously <laughs> um, at, at, at a lot of things, um, and we kind of took that as a very good, um, a good first sign that it was yeah. something which um, was welcomed by you know by the staff as a whole. Um, and I, like I say, I think we do believe that today and for the future, it's uh, it is a very good thing for the staff. Excellent. Well, I got a couple more questions for you, and then uh, you're going to hang out. We're just going to talk talk about some Xbox news and do our thing. Awesome. Um, This Week Unlocked is brought to you by Chegg Study. Chegg helps students find scholarships, search course reviews, and rent textbooks for cheap. Right now, you can get $5 off your first month's subscription by going to chegg.com slash unlocked. That's C-H-E-G-G dot com slash unlocked and using the promo code unlocked at checkout. I got to ask you about, so again, I I don't don't want to sort of, Put you on the spot too badly, but I mean, Horizon Three, what like it's, it is an incredible game, and hopefully you're about to top it with four. But I'm sort of curious what what does a postmortem look like for you guys on a game that does that well from critically and, and commercially? Like what what's an example? Give me an example of something that your team thought wasn't great about Forza Horizon Three. Huh. Um. That, so that I mean that's a good question. Let me answer it kind of kind of broadly sure. and high level. Um, you know, postmortem, postmortems. You know, like multiple um, are, are things that we do pretty close after after launch. I think we let d- dust settle a little bit, um, but then we get into them and, and we do see them as a very much a, like an important part of the process. Um, there are. It's it's easy to think in the context of Forza Horizon Three. You know, a game which you know exceeded our expectations along pretty much every every axis you you can you, you care to mention Good. Th- that it would all be rosy uh, that that's absolutely not the case you know there are many dimensions to to judging the success when we postmortem a game um and many things i think and this is the most important part of postmorteming 
many areas that we can improve, become better, become more efficient, make fewer mistakes in development, mm-hmm. um, which ultimately result in better games for, for, for our fans, for our players uh, at the end of the day. Um, you're putting me on the spot to try and remember... Um, I'm just sort of curious. It's I'm not trying to. I think so. I mean, I think to, to sort of you know give you some kind of guide. Um, the things I would mention as things that, that you know bubbled out of uh, of postmortems would you'd be get like, huh? I, I didn't even know that that was a thing. You know, they're often very procedural or very sort of production sure. related uh, about the way we tackle problems or the efficiency way we, related kind yeah of things. yeah absolutely and often oftentimes what you what you find from postmortems is that the things that bubble out are the things which uh made staff's life you know less than perfect when making the game mm. rather than things which you know caused features to come out less than perfect in, in right. the end makes sense um well something else that came out of horizon 3 I've, i gotta ask you about because again you haven't been here in a while how did the Hot Wheels thing come about? Like, I know, Tom, you love the Hot Wheels thing as yeah. well. It's like, who, who approaches who? Can you kind of give me the origin story on that? So, so that's, I think that's another example of um, a relationship between Forza and you know, a partner, in this case, Hot Wheels, um, which had existed for, you know, for some time before. You know, yeah. There had been uh, a handful of Hot Wheels cars in, in Motorsport 6, I, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously Hot Wheels is a huge toy brand, you know, a huge sort of toy slash automotive brand, I guess. They have that, that, that crossover. And therefore, making Forza a perfect partner I think probably just looking for the perfect execution that that made sense for for, for both of those those games. Um, so that was it was when we started looking at you know what our expansions would be, uh, in particular what our second expansion uh, would be for Forza Horizon Three. It was an idea that actually came from uh, from Turn Ten, uh, oh, who, okay. who said, "Hey, have you considered this?" And uh, um, I would love to say that you know I was the visionary who, who said. Um, yeah, absolutely. This 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 will uh, this will be amazing. We should go do this. But I, I was the guy going. Oh, I don't get it, <laughs> and, uh, and took took a, a you know a bunch of people. I guess uh, uh, convincing me o- o- over time uh, just how wrong I was, and I think just how wrong I was um, initially uh, is borne out by just how successful the 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 pack was. Uh, and also by how brilliantly the team executed against that idea, which yeah. could have gone in like you know a dozen different directions, any any of which probably you know wouldn't have been as, as successful or as almost iconic as as what you know they came out with. It's and it's certainly it's I mean it's obviously a better fit for Horizon than Motorsport, right? So it's sort of well, I, I think it kind of boils down. You have to build the track. That was I think that was the thing that the, the team who worked in that realized is that you have to go. You have to go all in on that Hot Wheels fantasy, yeah. and the direction they took, which I think was really smart, was um, you know let's not overthink how how huge Hot Wheels tracks can exist within you know even a world like Horizons, which, where the suspension of, is, uh, of disbelief is probably slightly higher than, than in motorsport. Um, they just went, let's just think of a reason why this can exist and, and go do it. And uh, as a result, they, they created this uh, really brilliant expansion. That's so good. Well, it's funny too with that expansion because even though it is so absurd, to be frank, right, that you have these giant orange loop loops and T-Rexes, uh, it, it interestingly added a very down-to-earth sort of race style to Horizon that Horizon 3 was missing. Or, or not missing, but just Horizon 3 didn't really before that have just sort of straight go as fast as you can racetracks. Yeah. And it, I, I thought it was so funny that the that that very kind of base racing experience came from the silliest possible place it was so cool yeah i i abs- absolutely agree yeah it's it's kind of it it favored the high end cars the super right. cars it, it it focused on speed um because speed is really absolutely necessary if you're going to do a loop the loop or you're going to jump over i don't know an island or something like that so that that came as part of the you know the the absurdity of the concept, but it also yeah gave fans um, I think a, a great experience that they weren't having as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you so now we've talked about you've, there's some history with the studio and with the franchise now. When you look back on Horizon One, what do you what do you see? Um, a, a game of which I think we are all still incredibly proud. Like uh, our first, so I personally see in it. 
us hunting for to really tie down exactly what Horizon was. You can see in it, there are elements of it, I think, which still show a team wrestling with some of the, the ideas that we were having and how, how best to express them. But um, it's a game that I went back to when we did the, the 4K um, 1X enhanced version um, and which still incredibly holds up today in terms of, in terms of visuals. But, um, Again, wizards. I, you know, I, I don't. No, you said it I, now, not I, me. I don't really. Uh, it's official. Now. I feel like it's entered the lexicon. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it, so it, it still looks great. It still plays great. It's still. It's very much the for me the start of the, the the journey we've been on with Horizon. You can see, you can see the you know the directions where we're going to go with some things. You can see, you know, like I say, some of the things that we were still struggling to to work out at that time. But um, unequivocally, very proud of of that game. Um, at the risk of giving your PR team a heart attack, I'm just sort of curious while you're here. What, do you have uh, a lot of involvement with the other project going on, or are you sort of mostly heads down with with uh, Horizon? Um, yeah, I, th- I think they're they're running to <laughs> <laughs> to turn off the microphone. Yeah, they're going to um, rugby tackle me. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I have I have been involved with that Good, uh, no, right, right from the start. Yeah. It, it comforts me to know that you're involved. Not not no disrespect <laughs> to anybody else there, but. Uh, yes, I will look forward to t- hopefully. Well, maybe uh, when that spins up, I'll get to see you more than once every two years. Who knows? Right? Yeah, we'll absolutely. Um, so uh, I'll we'll end this by asking uh, after you know another another two year odyssey with with a Horizon game. Are you gonna? What, what's the plan for you? Gonna are you gonna duck out to a tropical island with no internet connection whatsoever, <laughs> or? Or are you just going to be like in there with the community? Sort of where do you, where do you, how do you like to decompress personally after after a project finishes? Um, yeah, that's a good question. We are getting towards that 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 time. Um, the way game development works these days is that you don't get that sort of. Um, that kind of cycle uh, so much, you know, yeah. like, oh, we're, you know, we're working incredibly hard to finish this thing and now we're done and relax. I mean, I think in some ways it, it probably never did, but certainly with the way games are going these days, and I, personally I think it's a great thing for um, for, for gamers uh, as well, that games are supported uh, post-launch um, and certainly our intent with Forza Horizon 4 is is to continue to support the game, is to, to continue to bring new things to it, Um on a you know on a regular basis, that's that's something that we're investing in this time more than we ever have done before, and which will yield, I think, um, a game which changes uh, substantively, um, you know, from launch for months and, and sure. years afterwards. All of which is to say. Um, it doesn't have that same sort of right, but you still get you still get end. a vacation at some um, point. I hope. I, I, I hope they're treating you okay. So too, Your new yeah. corporate overlords at um, Microsoft. No, no, they're, they're very good. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go away on holiday. I, I have a, a um, two daughters, one of whom is in school now, so we're kind of uh, restricted to uh, to school yeah. uh, vacations, uh, holidays. Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll go away in October. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. All right, let's do some news. Uh, then I can stop hogging the microphone. That's I can't help myself when it's great you're great conversations. This. Honestly, yeah. just nice to be here for those things too. <laughs> just like, oh yes, yes. So uh, a number of stories this week: a new special edition Xbox One X, and not just a bundle, an actual different console. It's Robot White is the official name of the color, and it's uh, part of a Fallout seventy six bundle. You're seeing it there if you're watching on video. Uh, maybe it's just my Xbox three hundred and sixty nostalgia. That's that's tugging at my heartstrings, but that's a real pretty console. Mm-hmm. Uh, an X in white. I mean, I know people are like, well, it looks just pretty much just like an S. Well, but it's got better guts in it. So. But it's an X. <laughs> it's an X now. <laughs> so uh, loving the sight of that. Uh, you can get that as part of the, this bundle. It's, so it's a $500 bundle. You'll get uh, everything you see there if you're watching on a video. But the console, regular uh, white controller, robot white controller, and the uh, game, Fallout 76 as well. Separate to that, though, the Elite controller, which has been the topic of much conversation in the. Uh, are, do you use the Elite? Or are you just are you uh, a I, wheel guy? Or you? How do you prefer to play? I, I, do, I have an Elite at home. Yeah, yeah you can't. Yeah, you yeah. can't go back, right? right? Once you've once you've used it. So the Elite's been kind of weirdly MIA. Like you, you kind of can't find it. People are wondering: Is there a is there a version two coming? Maybe there still is. We still can't get an answer, but. We do have a new Elite controller, it's, and it, it is the, a robot-wide. It's not part of this bundle. It is separate, but 
a white elite controller that's that's a that's a temptation right there very nice and i've been i've wanted an elite forever and it always comes up when i look for it it's just unavailable and i'm just like well maybe next time then i remember like oh yeah i should get an elite now and i'm like oh just kidding so now now's my time here's your chance so excited here's your chance miranda yeah it's uh Glad to see that. So it's the same. It's $150 for the mm-hmm. Elite controller. Um, the, the Elite did a thing with the paddles on the back. Yes. It's so funny to me because I, I feel like almost they struck on an idea that's just too good, right? Like like <laughs> I, I don't want those paddles to be restricted to some $150 special only if you want it controller. Whatever the next console generation is, I hope both – Every system available has paddles on the backs of the controllers because that's such a such a smart idea and it's so useful that I, I just want that to be I want that to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ralph, how come? Uh, so you guys both forts both forts of franchises are really good about using the haptic feedback in the triggers. Mm. Oh yeah, I feel like basically no other developer. It's a you can probably count them on one hand the number of other developers and games that have put those to use. They're fun, right? It's I, fun, especially with a car with gas and brake, and you can feel the brakes grab. I I know exactly what you mean. I but I do th- I I do think maybe you know like the gas, the brake is the perfect um, you know, expression of of that technology. It's it's right there for yeah. it. But, but yeah, I I think it adds so much, and it you know it's standard. So um, it, it would be lovely to see to see more games using it. Yeah, the, it was right before I got a chance to play the first Horizon or Horizon Three. Uh, before it had come out, I heard. Uh, you know, I was reading reviews and I was seeing other people talk about it, and I saw so many reviews praising the controller rumble, uh, and I was like, that seems like a weird thing <laughs> to like call attention to is control. Like, that's not a new thing. And then I played it with an Xbox One controller, and I was like, oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I remember. How. I mean, I remember playing Forza Motorsport Five when it came out on on the Xbox One, and yeah. And that was a game changer. You know, that, that was the first time you'd experienced that. And uh, yeah, as I recall, it was at launch anyway. It was it was uh, Motorsport Five, and I think audience can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe NBA Two K fourteen. I think they do. There's something with it. I don't know if it's when when you're using the option trigger and then dribble, and it's like the ball hitting the court. Something with <laughs> it. But yeah, it's uh, it's sad. I wish more developers would would put it to good use. Got to just. Tell everybody use it. Right, right. <laughs> tell everybody. Even start. Tell everybody in the company to use it. Not everybody in first party studios. I'm not sure what you think my job is, but uh. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. You don't just. You don't just uh, go an, around. I'll take talking. a note. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. all yeah. other developers on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Group text hey, message. Guys, yeah. <laughs> Ryan says. <laughs> uh, no one should listen to me ever. Uh, all right, EA. So the first every year, it feels like there's somebody that delays. A big fall game that, that pushes sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot, pretty late. Uh, we have our our first one this year, and it's Battlefield Five. Pardon me, as a <clears throat> the, the release date for Battlefield, they were going to be sandwiched right between Red Dead and Call of Duty. They've moved out a month to November twentieth. Uh, the GM of Dice, Oscar Gabrielson, explained the reasoning in a blog post. Uh, pointing to player feedback as the primary reason behind the delay, thanking the tens of thousands of players who've played both during closed alphas or in demo booths at E3 and Gamescom, and uh, highlighting positive feedback, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, they're saying, he says they are committed. They've settled on the later launch date to, quote, get it right. Um, Ralph, I don't know if in your... You haven't had this with Horizon. I don't know if you've ever, in earlier in your career, had a game that that was sort of pushed out relatively late and if it's if it's a you know a morale like if it's a morale hit at all or if it's if it's more just the opposite of of a of a morale boost of okay we've got some more time to to get things sorted here um yeah i mean i i couldn't speak to that that particular scenario at all i don't know what was um what's driven that but yeah we we've 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 done well i think on horizon games you know, always to, to, to land them at, at the right point. Um, I have worked on games in the very distant past, um, <laughs> you know, which I've slept in. It, I, it totally depends on the circumstances and the yeah. reasons for, for the, the, um, the slip. Um, if it's, if it's an amount of time that allows you to, um, to hit better quality, uh, by release, then I think 
pretty much always the team is is positive about it. Sure, you know, teams are all about delivering great games, um, and uh, yeah, I think if, if if that's the case, um, certainly in my, in my experience, that was that was a good thing. Well, hopefully, it is here, but does conveniently also get them uh, clear of both Call of Duty and. Red Dead Redemption 2 by by you know almost 30 days. So yeah, it's interesting to see the reasoning for this explicitly being getting the feel of the game right. The, I feel like a lot of the times when we see a month delay like this or we see a kind of late in the game delay like this, we don't as explicitly see the developers say we got feedback at this recent event. And these are the things we are spending more time working on. I think yeah. that's kind of rare, at least in what I've seen. Yeah, I think you maybe get like the vague player feedback has said this, but they're pointing specifically to things that they want to adjust. And I think that's great. Like having yeah. that um, transparency is always nice, especially if you were one of the people that gave them that feedback. I think that's a good feeling to know that. Yeah, they're noting wasn't... gameplay tempo adjustments, soldier visibility, uh, player friction uh, so yeah, they do they do get into some specifics here. So seems like a win win for everybody in this case. The developers get some time to tune a, a better game at launch because it's you know you you generally Ralph uh, correct me if, if you f- feel differently, but these days especially with social media and the the conversation online around a game, it's tough to get a second chance to make a first impression, isn't it? Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. Although I think maybe these days there are some examples you can point to of games that have done that. You know, Definitely. I, um, but certainly, you look at the the first impression you make when you, when your game launches, when people first get their hands on it, as being absolutely absolutely crucial. Yeah. It makes it makes perfect sense that you would want that to be as good as it can be. I mean, uh, the people that do get a, a second chance from it usually have to spend two years developing and continuing to support this game that made a bad first impression to finally get it to that point where people will give it another chance like if you look at no man's sky or rainbow six siege all these games that really spent a long time dedicated to updating the game and now people have kind of come around on in terms of uh what the kind of public opinion is like well uh, tom both you and miranda we 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 did a uh, a pax panel this past weekend and we did we just did a little fun with with, with the uh folks that attended we sort of crowd crowd ranked we put together a little what would be the top 10 xbox one games of all time to date and we sort of started with our own list and then invited uh submissions from from the panel uh, audience members as well and I was pleasantly surprised that on this topic of second chances, like Master Chief Collection seems to have kind of won its its way back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there was a very, very enthusiastic reception to it uh, at, at the panel from, from, you know, not even speaking of us, from our, the crowd, which I, I was – because, you know, all you hear online about that game generally, the, the, the noisiest parts around Master Chief Collection – over the last couple of years have been not so positive things. So it does seem like it's you can get there, but it takes it can take a while to to win people back. So hopefully EA will indeed be able to make a better uh, first impression than they would have had they shipped in October. Uh, next up this week, BioWare announcing that all post-launch story content for Anthem will be free. The news comes courtesy of Game Rant, credit to them, which reports that BioWare made the announcement during their PAX West panel. Speaking of, BioWare hasn't given any further details about what that post-launch content will look like, uh, but it looks like there might be some paid other things since they specifically cited free story content, which I'm sure they'll be balancing that carefully as well. uh, So, Ralph, your game... I don't know if it's fair to call Horizon quite a game as service. I don't know if you'd classify it as that, but you do need to support it with a pretty long tail and and the uh, the sort of thinking and and planning around what's paid and what's not has to be uh, it's it's become more prevalent in recent last couple of years, hasn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, whether. I, what your definition of game, game as a service is, um, I, I guess, depends. But uh, I certainly look back on Forza Horizon 3 as a game that we um, launched with an explicit intention to continue supporting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can obviously, I think Forza has quite a rich history of um, of creating um, 
post launch content. Definitely. Um, with Horizon Three, we you know we created the Forzathon feature very deliberately as something which would continue giving players new challenges and, and new things to do um, on on a weekly basis. Um, with Horizon Four, as I kind of alluded to earlier, our intent is that you know launch is really just the beginning, and I think we're we are definitely transitioning. Um, into thinking about Horizon 4 as something which you know will live, uh, that we will continue to support and bring new things to, not just in terms of um, of uh, expansions, uh, which you know the, the first two of which are, are, are this time included in Ultimate Edition, which yes. I, think is, I think is great. Um, not just in terms uh, of uh, the car pass again, which is uh, inside the Ultimate Edition, which will deliver, I think it's like two new cars to your garage with every season, which is like real world week, um, but also just I think. Quality of life improvements, uh, community requests. Certainly, we have. This is going back to your list of things we should do, but you know, kind of a roadmap of things that we want to bring to the game. Um, you know, over the over the coming months, which we're going to tie into the the seasons concept. So the seasons, you know, each lasts a real world week, which means yeah, it's cool. Kind of a a year in horizon lasts for four weeks. At the end of each, we're going to bring a new update to the game, which brings you know new new content, new features, new gameplay or experiences, uh, and that's going to be free uh, for all our players. That's awesome. Have you had to uh, staff up a little bit to to support? To, to to support the game more as, in the in the post launch phase than than in previous projects. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I think you know that's part of this this new investment we're making because you know when when a game team rolls off a project, you know typically it gets you know divided amongst a bunch of uh, of smaller tasks. But it's difficult to think about supporting a game in a sort of live scenario in the way we're discussing without t- that taking away a resource who are working on you know other things, the next thing. Um, so, yeah, we've absolutely, we've been hiring uh, for our live team. We've been bringing in, I think, new skill sets that we haven't had in the studio before because it demands uh, a dialogue with our community. Sure. It, it demands us to be listening to what they're saying about the game and reacting to that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a different paradigm for us, but it's one we're really excited about. It's, I think it's, uh, uh, it's not just a very modern way of thinking about it. I think it's a very consumer-friendly way of thinking about it as well. Seems like it, yeah. I think I think Microsoft in general, I'll say, has done a pretty good job, uh, studio wide, of being pretty fair and and good to players. Like we talk about Master Chief Collection all the time, uh, or pardon me, Halo Five mm-hmm. all the time. As uh, now, I mean, granted, yeah, Master Chief Collection just got a huge update, massive update, yeah. four mm-hmm. almost four years later, uh, which is impressive unto itself. But Halo Five has been they've added. T- tons of new maps, new modes, all kinds of stuff, totally at no cost to to people. Which is and Gears Four did the mm-hmm. had the same had a similar model. So that was that's great to see. Uh, Remedy, your your fellow European studio, uh, not quite stable mates. They were they were a second party, I guess is what the public tends to refer to that as. With uh, Alan Wake and Quantum Break, mm-hmm. uh, most recently. They uh, have announced sort of a new little initiative at the studio, Vanguard, a new team that will focus on spinning up, quote, ongoing live multiplayer game experiences. They announced it on their website, and and Remedy describes this group as a small group of people working in an unconventional way with an aim to develop something quickly and independently inside of an established organization. Uh, So they – and they'll be using the Northlight technology, the sort of their in-house – Tech. I know you guys, of course, use your pseudo in-house tech that you've developed, co-developed with with Turn Ten. But um, with it's great to have a developer here to help explain this. So, is this kind of effectively like this? Isn't necessarily an uncommon thing uh, in development, right? Where are they going to be kind of maybe prototyping new ideas and seeing what works? By the sounds of it. I have literally no idea apart <laughs> from what you uh, what you just read out. But yes, yeah, certainly. Um yeah, these, these days, building on established technology is is the price of doing business. You know, yeah. everybody has their own tech base or works on an established one. Um, the cost of spinning one of those up uh, afresh is uh, is astronomical. So it, it makes perfect sense that you know that you would try out new things within an existing tech base. Yeah, I'd be really curious to see what sort of multiplayer things Remedy would be. Yeah, with Remedy specifically, it's just like. I mean, they could be cool. They said they want to turn around things quickly 
And so I'm very curious to see what they produce and like how quickly we're actually talking about here. Yeah, my vibe from this and from the way that this statement is phrased is we shouldn't be expecting Remedy to be making Destiny likes and, right, and right. multiplayer <laughs> shooters in the next you know year and a half. I mean, it, they say yeah unconventional way spinning up something quickly and they also describe it as uh multiplayer game live ongoing live multiplayer game experiences which you know could just be marketing talk for game but it also could mean that this might be something different something we haven't seen before not just a traditional multiplayer game Uh, they could be doing things that are a little weirder, a little off the beaten path, which is kind of Remedy's style to, to branch out a little bit like that. Yeah, they're hard at work on Control now, right. which is their next big single-player, third-person cinematic single-player game. Do you, when you're at Gamescom or E3, Ralph, do you do you get any chance to kind of go out and visit with developer friends and see their stuff, or are you just chained to your booth the whole time? Un- unfortunately, no. no. The, the whole E3 Gamescom experience for me is being inside a small room Aww. that you will be, uh, you, you'll be familiar uh, with visiting um, for basically the duration of the show. So uh, um, I probably see fewer games at those shows than literally anyone else. Oh, so, wow. that's <laughs> Yay. Yeah, well, you, you, I think I came and saw you for the Horizon 4 demo D3 on might have been the last day of the show and you still you were you were cheery and it, it might as well have been you, you held it together well if you yeah. were if you were getting stir crazy in that I'm, I'm a professional <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you're you know you're four horizons into it at this point you're well practiced <laughs> yeah. at the very yeah. least uh, finally this week this is this will be um, probably talked about a lot online and sure it already is wouldn't necessarily expect to be playing multiplayer games <clears throat> pardon me again on your xbox with playstation 4 people anytime soon it's a it's a growing source of consternation from fans and uh according to the independent sony ceo kenichiro yoshida said during germany's ifa electronics convention on this subject quote on cross-platform our way of thinking is always that playstation is the best place to play Fortnite, i believe partnered with playstation 4 is the best experience for users. That's our belief. So I don't know if he, he may have been asked specifically about the Fortnite thing. Mm. Mm. Uh, but actually, we already opened some games as cross-platform with PC and some others. So we decide based on what is the best user experience. That is our way of thinking for cross-platform. Mikey Barra uh, from the Xbox leadership team has been pretty outspoken about this on Twitter of uh, really trying to respectfully hold Sony's feet to the fire on this a little bit and say, hey, this this isn't great for players. And uh, don't worry, Ralph, I'm not going to put you on the spot for this one. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I look, look into my panel here, but it's, you know, Sony clearly seemingly not budging on uh, despite any any public pressure or fan fan feedback on this. And I don't yeah, know, guys. The, the state, this statement doesn't say anything we didn't yeah. already know. I don't. True. Think, I think it just keeps saying what they have been saying, and kind of shows that at least nothing is publicly shifting in that regard. Um, I mean, I've been very vocal about th- that. It's getting kind of embarrassing, is what I said. That they're being very, very, very pre- like uh, you know unrelenting in this regard. Um, I really, really like that I can do things like play Horizon 3 with people who are on Xbox and uh, uh, other things like he's a that. He's guys. What I, I, I am, mostly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that this doesn't really change much in terms of – all it tells us is that nothing has changed, yeah. at least outwardly. They're just going to keep beating that drum, and I think that's going to be consistent. Like they don't seem like they want to budge, so I wouldn't really expect anything Different I mean, to be too. fair, for all we know, they are ex- exploring the possibility, technically, politically, whatever, Sony's a big company, they could very well be exploring it behind the scenes, oh, sure. but for now need to maintain the the public PR line of this. Also, it's it's their right to do this. It is. It's a sad thing. Like, I, I mean, it's a bummer because I agree that it, I think it would be better for gamers as a, as a whole if oh, we all could sure. it would be on whatever platform, but... Sony Sony doesn't need to to bend to public pressure even if I disagree with it like they're they're allowed to make this choice as much as I think is a bummer. Yeah. Well, I mean my, Microsoft's been waiting for Sony to look bad for like the last 5 years so they're probably sitting there they're going, "Yay!" No, they're not doing that. It's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, we'll see if this changes someday, but 
Don't expect it to anytime soon. All right. Uh, Microsoft did not send out their weekly email with the holiday week of everything that's coming out on Xbox. Checks out. We do know uh, we do have a big game as a service, big expansion pack. Uh, Destiny 2 Forsaken is out. Destin is not here because he's actually streaming it right now as we record this. So if you are a Destiny fan, look for uh, Destin's coverage, his review coming up on IGN, and we'll see what uh, what the Forsaken adds to the Destiny experience. But marketplace-wise, uh, Miranda, we've got a couple new big games added to Game Pass. Yes. Um, big one, of course, is Halo the Master Chief Collection. So if you... Only more value to Game Pass. Every time I see someone get a new Xbox, I'm like, have you got Game Pass? Because you're set. And yes. then, uh, so we got You're that. going into Game Pass, Ralph. Day and date. Right yes. in. Absolutely. So October 2nd. Oh, October 2nd. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yes, yeah, so we got that's that. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just still it's insane such a- to me that they're putting games that big in mm-hmm. it. That's yeah, a great service. So that we have that and Quantum Break. So those are now on Speaking of Remedy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed Quantum Break. Did you guys happen to play through either yes, one of you? I yeah. had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's uh, that last boss, mm-mm, but <laughs> other than that, really good. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciated the... I liked sitting there and watching the live-action stuff. Me too. Uh, it's yeah. like a unique experience. Like I, it, I felt it was like a nice reward. for I, I went through a mission, and then I was like, okay, I get to just watch something for a little while. Mm-hmm. That's one of those concepts that I really want someone to find incredible success with because i think it's so cool conceptually and i like if, if quantum break had done better and it's not not saying it did bad just if quantum break had been more successful than it was i love this idea of this world where we have a quantum break tv show that yeah. is running in in you know in conjunction with dlc for the game and the two affect each other or something like that mm-hmm. that's such a weird cool world i want to live in what one was, day. Uh, tom what was the the mmo that had a sci-fi tv show defiance? that yeah that, defiance. that actually tried that yeah and they're mm-hmm. relaunching the game right now i think they're they might have just relaunched it i'm not entirely sure but yeah the the show kind of petered out i believe but they're they're trying to spin the game up as an individual thing now but well, I th- if i remember right the the events of the show were supposed to affect the game and vice yeah. versa like they were supposed to sort of intersect in some way but right and that's what i'm saying no yeah. one's really like hit it out of the park with that idea yet i'm just i really want someone it's definitely a tough one to accomplish it yeah. is so. it's extremely difficult <laughs> i couldn't even imagine like having to like produce all of that and figure out how what affects what and then seeing like well which one's doing better for us and like kind of <laughs> countering on that and oof. hard enough to make just a game I imagine yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what I was just thinking also produce a show at the same time good luck <laughs> Uh, all right, Miranda, What's uh, what are our September games with gold as September gets underway here? So for September, we have Prison Architect from September 1st to the 30th on Xbox One. We have Live Lock on September 16th to the October 15th on Xbox One. Then for Xbox One and Xbox 360, we have the following games. Lego Star Wars 3, The Clone Wars. Always so fun to play those. And then, Traveler's Tales, another UK developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're solid every single time out. Absolutely, yeah. And then we have the Sega Vintage Collection Monster World. That's September 16th through the 30th. All right. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Ralph, humorous for a second. We like to play a little Xbox trivia every okay. week. It's fan-submitted questions. I try to stump these guys. You're just playing for, for fun, sure. pride here. But <laughs> I did uh, semi-intentionally choose this question of the ones in the email because – it's a uh, another UK developer, so I'm hoping maybe you might have a little home team, home field advantage on this we'll one. We'll see. It's about Time Splitters 2, or the Time mm-hmm. Splitters series, I should say. So uh, Nick Kersey from Ventura, California says, in light of the recent Time Splitters rumors and speculation, he's referring to there was some chatter that maybe it was going to come back. We'll see. There's not, been nothing on that lately, but... It says, uh, let's talk about Time Splitters 2, the first entry in the series released on an Xbox console. It came to the original Xbox. It was developed by Free Radical, a company made up of uh, including ex-Rare employees who'd previously worked on games like GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. He says, Time Splitters 2 draws many inspirations from these two Nintendo 64 classics. Which level, if you remember your Time Splitters well, which level from the original GoldenEye and an all-time classic game, served as the greatest inspiration for Time Splitters 2's opening level. I have no idea on this question, to be fair, so uh, I am completely outclassed on this one. But uh, Time Splitter 2's opening level inspired by what GoldenEye level? Was it the uh, Egyptian level, Silo level, Dam level, or Frigate mission? 
You look a little confident over there, Ralph. I know. He's oh. got it. He's got it. So I'm going to look. Uh, Tom is shaking his head. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I got nothing on this. So one. I also have zero clue, but it's always my goal to get it wrong. <laughs> so we're trying to keep one. Of, I am at least trying to keep one of our old co-hosts in the lead. We play for a, a fan. There's a fan made trophy at the end of the year for whoever has the most correct answers. Mm-hmm. So there's like a right. meta game going on. I just on really here. want Lana wow. to win. And Miranda wants <laughs> at least yeah. be ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to lose. Yeah, I'm very bad at trivia, so this is my uh, my way of <laughs> playing on that. I guess. All right, <laughs> well, Miranda, on my how decisions. do you want to try to get this wrong? Um, I don't know if this is wrong, but I'm gonna go see. Damn. Okay. Like Tom. It. So here's my thinking, because these are both games that I'm are all games that I'm very familiar with, but haven't thought about or like looked at in a long time. It's been a minute since yeah. this has been. Uh, my thinking is Egyptian is a red herring because it's, oh, time travel, so they want right. you to think about that one. My thinking is also Dam is a red herring because Dam is GoldenEye's first level, not Time Splitter's first level. So I'm going to go Silo. B. Okay. Well, all right. And it's which level from the original GoldenEye yeah, yeah, yeah. served as the greatest inspiration. Yeah. So we are talking about. I know. Oh, okay. Just I'm making going, sure. I'm going all Silo. Right. All right. Uh, Ralph, you, so you're I, very I confident. Said, I, I, I was confident, and then now I've heard those, <laughs> I've heard those answers, and maybe I'm slightly less confident. No, I don't, don't mean to shake it. Go with your gut. I, yeah, I, so, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So I remember the – well, my most vivid remember from Time Splitters, memory from Time Splitters 2 um, was in a kind of present-day scenario. So I think you're right. I think the Egyptian thing's a red herring, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it was Dam. Okay. I, I, oh, with that? I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember the first level. I played. I put, spent so much time in custom maps in Time uh-huh. Splitters that that's all I can think about. Because when you first read the, the question, I, I was thinking it was either Dam or Facility, and then that mm-hmm. wasn't one of your multiple choice. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I can't win this competition anyway. So, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're, you're going to go home. With, with some pride, because yes, you got it right, which means Miranda no! also got it right. It was dance. Yes. Could have gone with Egypt. I overthought well it. Well done. Yeah. 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 Uh, you're within three of Alana now. Plenty of year to go. <laughs> yeah. About four uh, months. Continue my sabotage. <laughs> Uh, so good stuff. Great job, Ralph, on that, on that question. I will really love it if Miranda just fails upwards and tries to get everyone <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Everyone I right. should have gone, like, you had a good point with Red Herring, and I should have done that. should have thought it through a little <laughs> more, but I, I like to answer for C. C is a good good letter. That was always my guess <laughs> on that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, but, oh, if I don't know what it is, then I'll, I'll just always guess C. Always guess C, that's right. My thing. It's old school. Yeah. Uh, all right, if you would like to try and stump the panel, please send your Xbox uh, trivia question to unlocked at IGN.com. I need four multiple choice answers in there, and please note the correct one in your email, and we'll play again next week. That brings us to the end. Uh, Ralph Fulton, seriously, thank you so much for taking an hour plus out of your out of your trip here to come hang out with us. No, it's, all, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's always great to see you, and um, it, you here means I'm about to play a new Forza Horizon game, which is, has traditionally been a very good thing. <laughs> so for that, I, I am a very appreciative and yeah, just uh, congrats on launch, and I wish you the guys the best. And I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad you're part of the Microsoft family officially. Um, and I can't wait to see what you guys do in the future with uh, with their full and total resources and and you know power of industry at your at your disposal. But thank you so much for coming on. If you want to, do you want to plug? I guess you're not here for your health, so uh, if you want to tell people about uh, which. I guess standard edition, ultimate edition. You get the early access, I think. Yeah, you, yeah. So, so the game is out on October the second um, on Xbox One, uh, One X, and Windows Ten PCs. Uh, as we mentioned, it is an Xbox Game Pass on the same day, which is, uh, as you were saying earlier, brilliant, brilliant value for um, for Xbox uh, players. Um, but if you buy the ultimate edition, uh, you get early access, and I think that begins on the twenty eighth of September. Nice. So not long now. Plus those two future expansion two expansions, packs. Car Pass, and, pro- and a, a laundry list of things uh, that I, I'm not sure I can remember off the top of my head. But there's a ton of value in, uh, in an ultimate edition this time that I think we're really proud of. Excellent, love it. And uh, do we want to follow you on Twitter? Do you want to give out your you want to follow uh, your Twitter? Honest, honestly, I'm not sure that any no. anyone benefits from that. <laughs> Fair at, enough. At all. <laughs> yeah. As we get into the, the here to plug the game. as we get into the British <laughs> soccer season, um, that's. Uh, <laughs> 
following me is uh, it's a zero sum game. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, I got the baseball playoffs coming up. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the same boat. Uh, Miranda. Oh, you can follow me at Havoc Rose. That's Havoc with a K on Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much anywhere. Um, I don't really have a lot to plug right now because we're going to start working on things that we can't talk about. I still have another project that I can't talk about. Um, but we did go to PAX, and there's a lot of great coverage from that. So check it out. Outstanding. Tom. Yeah, uh, you can find me at, at Tom R. Marks on Twitter uh, and probably in a Bugatti that has a Pikachu on it in Horizon next <laughs> month. You get down with the liveries at all? You get Love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I make very poor ones myself, but um, benefit from the many people who make great ones. That, yes. The fact that you can just immediately click, oh, this person's better at art than me and just take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I do. So good. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, unfiltered. The you got Cam Weber, head of EA Sports. That episode's up now, and I'm just. I usually don't announce these, but I'll mention with uh, with Spider Man out. Yes, it's a PS4 game, but it's big deal game. Uh, Ted Price was in here, interviewed him for Unfiltered. That'll be out next week, and the, it's relevant for Xbox fans because we talk a lot about Sunset Overdrive, which uh, which we love so much. <laughs> Game's so good, and I think. Dan, do I am I doing this plug on the uh, on the teleprompter here? That's for after. That's for later. Okay, so we'll do that later. But in the meantime, a friendly reminder: if you're not already watching us early, catch us at Tuesday on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, on Unlocked.ign.com, or if you prefer it on YouTube or in podcast form, it just hits the regular time on Wednesday afternoons. So uh, thanks again to Ralph Fulton from Playground Games, Miranda Sanchez, Tom Marks. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was episode 360. We'll see you back here next week.